Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Brittany. And we are... For Colored Nerds. The conversations that black people have. When white people are not in the room. But we record them. And we put them on the internet. How's it going? You know what? It's going okay. Uh, this is kind of like a funny time. We never record at this time. First of all, yeah. we've never recorded at night. We're recording like on a Friday night. Yeah. Like it, it is 6.16. Yes. Normally I am trying to get ready for bed. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Normally Eric has his sleep cap on. Yeah. But yeah, no. So, you know, other than that, I guess it's pretty good. Just, you know, just being me working. That's about it. That's all I can actually really say that's going to be satisfying for anybody. So yeah, same, same. Just working hard. Well, you have a cool life. project, though, that's coming out really soon. Yes. I actually have a project that is coming out this week. Yeah. This is dropping on Monday. So on Thursday, April 27th. You can check out my new, well, not my new show, but yeah. the show that I'm working on. So good. It's going to be so uh, good. Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty. Spotify only. Yes. It's a it's a new podcast. It's a partnership between Gimlet, Loudspeakers Network, and Spotify. So it's going to be six episodes. It kind of tells the story of hip hop and the story of, like, honestly, one of the biggest managers in hip-hop, in the rap game, Chris Lighty, who tragically committed suicide in 2012. Mm-hmm. There are so many great stories in this in this show. And it's hosted <laughs> by fucking Combat Jack. Yes, Combat Jack. Like, that alone should bring you to the show. He's so great. So awesome. Reggie yes. is the man. So, yeah, check it out. It's going to be on Spotify exclusively. For the next eight weeks, and then it will be available wherever you get your podcast. Yes. So, so uh, yeah, definitely check it out. I'm really excited because I've heard a little bit of it, mm-hmm. but I haven't heard all of it. So I'm like really excited to finally just like get it into my brain. Yeah, some good stuff. And the trailer's out right now. So you can go check it out, get a taste of it. Yes, get a little taste. Um, but we should talk about what we're doing today. Yeah. So today we decided since like, okay, so we like get emails some of the time from you guys and you guys have questions that like we usually can't answer mm-hmm. like in email response yeah. or like you know just like you know maybe we, we just want to speak to you directly so we decided that we would take some of the questions that we have received already and also we did a little call out asking just for a little quick round of questions and we're gonna answer them so this is basically like here for colored nerds ask us anything I think we should get to it. We got some good questions. We got some (laughs) awesome questions. I will say I appreciate every single question that we got. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, we couldn't answer all of them on the air. But I do wish we had received more questions like, you know, I slept with my boyfriend and his brother. What should I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pregnant. Who's who's the father? I In that instance, I would say just... You know, just dance with the girl who brung you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if it's his brother, pass it off. Yeah, I accidentally stabbed my cousin. How do I apologize? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Something like that. Yeah, usually people email in that, yeah. in that instance. <laughs> they just they don't need a quick response. But yeah, so we're going to get into the questions that we do have, which again are great questions. Yes. Um, to start, we have a question from Kim F. in Louisville, Kentucky. It's where I was born. Yeah. Shout out Louisville. So her question is, I wonder... How often do you get accused of hating white people? (laughs) Great intro. I feel like I've heard other podcasters who have strong opinions about race called anti-white or are often thought to be anti-white. It seems that people have a very simplistic view on the complexity of folks. In contrast, I find that because I'm married to a white man, whenever I speak on racism and oppression, I feel like folks give me the, I thought you liked white people vibe. I welcome your thoughts. Great question, Kim. Great question, Kim. (laughs) 
Uh, do you should I go first? You want to go first? You, I mean, you read the question. Go for it. Um, I actually don't get accused of hating white people that often. Uh-huh. I have been accused of hating white people before, uh-huh. not in like a public forum, but just like in like a like a conversation with somebody who I didn't know and didn't care about. Uh-huh. But um, for the most part, like I think people get it. I think the people who I have been lucky enough to interact with, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know excluding like Egg AV Twitter. What's well, not Egg AV anymore? like something else yeah i don't know what it is but like the new you know the, yeah, yeah, the, the new twitter faceless, trolls yeah but like excluding those people which again actually are, are re- pretty rarely in my mentions people have have mostly understood that like i am critiquing you know whiteness in aggregate i am not like i'm not coming for you personally and in general i'm critiquing the way that i'm treated and people who look like me are treated and the societal structure that we live within people surprisingly have understood that yeah that surprises me as well would you say you've had the same response yeah i mean honestly the only people who have ever accused me of hating white people are like trolls like internet trolls and i've been fortunate where i've only had a couple but like yeah it's mostly just people who like probably haven't really listened to the show or maybe already hate black people to begin with yeah Um, but i also think that that could be a function of where we live Mm-hmm. So, like, I haven't been to Louisville in, like, 15 years, but I lived there for the first few years of my life, and I went back to visit a lot when I was a kid and I was growing up. And I could see how Louisville could be a place where if you're going to express your thoughts about white people, people are like, white people are going to look at you like, Who, what? Yeah. Huh? Who? You, what? But you were married to this white man. Like, what? Yeah. I thought you were down. Exactly. I thought you were down. <laughs> exactly. So, um, no, I, I mean, to answer your question... I don't get accused of hating white people very often, but also like I live in a real, I live and work in a very specific place. That's like not what most people's experience um, in the country is. Uh, so she has a couple more questions. Okay, go for it. Go for it. So this question is to you, Brittany. Okay. What is your favorite Nora Ephron book or movie? I feel like I've heard you say you were into her. So interestingly enough, I am kind of into Nora Ephron, but that was actually Jasmine Hughes. She was a guest mm. on the show almost two years ago. Kim, shout out for like listening to us for so yeah. long. Um, so my favorite white woman is Nancy Myers, and Nancy Myers and Nora Ephron have a lot of overlaps. And I want to say that Nora Ephron like directly influenced Nancy Meyer, um, and that they were kind of like contemporaries in the rom com game, especially in the nineties. Uh, so I have much respect for Nora Ephron. So shout out. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my favorite old white ladies. Keep holding it down. Keep doing you. I will say my favorite Nancy Myers movie, not that you asked, Mm -hmm. is Something's Gotta Give. Mm -hmm. Something's Gotta Give is one of the best movies ever made. If you haven't seen it, it came out, I think, in 2005 or Mm -hmm. 2004. And it is Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And it's just mm, delicious. I don't even like all you have to do is just sit down and let it unfold. Like if you have a spare, it's long. It's if, you a got a, long. if you got a few hours, but they're all kind of long. They're to all kind of long. But you know what? Though I mean, you know what I'm saying? To you know, develop the interior of a woman's spirit, <laughs> it takes time, Eric. So to kind of answer your question, but to not answer your question, I'm nothing to know Ephron, but I fucks with her. But my favorite Nancy Myers movie is Something's Gotta Give. Gotcha. Well, I think that is a lovely answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so next is a question for me. She says, Eric, I have a two year old, and he is bananas. Is your little girl a toddler yet? Also, how's that going? Also, we find that maintaining our coupledom and finding time for us has been the hardest thing. Have you had any success in that arena? Yes. Eve is now almost two. Yes. And she is very much almost two. She's popping. (laughs) Eve is the most lit person. Man, she she is just a little ball of energy. She loves to dance. She loves to run. She loves to challenge me she loves to not listen to me uh and it's all great you know honestly i don't really have any complaints she's a she's like a very like reasonable kid like her Mm -hmm. her like ridiculousness all falls in line with like the stuff that's pretty like normal for her age yeah yeah. so yeah like i I mean i kind of luckily had like you know you have like the friends or like your siblings who have kids and they'll talk to you they'd be like just wait till it comes to this age. I had like all those like kind of annoying like stories where they tell you like your life is going to suck uh, <laughs> once these kids hit like a certain milestone. But I haven't really had that. Like I still pretty much enjoy all the like toddler madness. 
and you know I'm gonna knock on wood because that might change in like a few months mm-hmm. uh, as far as like maintaining our coupledom it is really hard like in general just like working in the city and like you know being in a in a relationship where like both myself and my partner like work a lot like it's tough to do that come back make sure we're spending enough time with peanut and then have time for ourselves we're working at it though and i think i feel like you guys hang out a lot i feel like you guys also go on vacation i'll put you like this i am single and i have no children unless he's single like it's unmarried and i have no children and I feel like y'all go on so so many better and richer vacations. Like y'all's vacations are just like deep and expansive and like <laughs> like childless. So yeah. like when you you're like we try, I'm like how I feel like I spend less time with my partner than you do, and I ain't got no kids. Well, I mean, thank you, thank you for that. I, I think like we do we try we do try like, and that's a part of the trying. Like we might not like on a day to day basis, we're not spending like a ton of like as much quality time as we would like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's removed from like, oh man, it's been a really long day. You know, let's just sit together and watch TV for like an hour. Yeah. But when we do spend time together, we try to go in. We make sure we have a babysitter for at least five hours, mm-hmm. and like we go out and get get real real loose. Yeah, um, I've seen that before. Yeah, it's real interesting. <laughs> Me, me, and Carla at like two o'clock in the morning coming home is is a fun sight. But uh, but in addition to that, we do like to vacation, as you were saying, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we try to make sure like when we go away, more often than not, we have not brought Eve. Yeah, just because one, it's it's tough to tra- travel with with a little kid. Yeah. Um, but two, we want to make sure that we can like if we're going out, we want to make sure we can like really have fun. Um, and like just kind of. Like have have like us time. So yeah, we'll take like you know we try to. Our goal is to take at least one big trip, mm-hmm. um, which we've been pretty good at lately. You know, we took like a cruise. We went to Dominican Republic, stuff like that. We got another trip coming up. You went to South Africa. We went to South Africa. Right. We went to, yeah. We went to Cape Town. Yeah. Uh, going to Costa Rica. Yeah. But in addition to that, we try to take a, a few like smaller trips. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think the big thing is just making sure you plan. You just have to you have to say like, all right, you know, this week or two might be a wash, but like that day, nothing else is going to happen that day. This is the day we're going to like make sure we have some some us time. I think that's nice. Thanks. So to move on to our next question, some advice. Yes, this is from Jabril I. He says, I was wondering if either of you had advice on looking for a job in a different state. I'm getting married in a few months, and my future wife and I are planning on moving to Chicago. So I've been applying for jobs there with varied success. What I've consistently heard is that I should just pack up and move to the city where I want to live, even though I don't have a job lined up yet. While that makes sense, the idea is slightly terrifying because I like security. Plus, I'll soon have more than just myself to think about financially. Jabril. (laughs) I have a few questions. So, like, Eric and I, we've been wondering, what is your job? Yeah. Like, we don't know what your job is. Industry is important. Yes. Also, like, uh, your future wife. Like, does she work? Is she in school? Are you guys moving, planning to move to Chicago for any particular reason? Like, is that because that's where you wanted to raise a family? Is that where she's, you know, doing her doctoral work? Like, why Chicago? And also, like, how soon do you have to move? Yeah. Like, you're getting married in a few months. Like, do you have to move before you get married or after you get married? Are you getting married in Chicago? Yeah. How much do you spend on your wedding? Right. How much do you spend on your wedding? You get married at court? And you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Are you getting married at court and going to the drive-thru? Or are you doing some, like, a destination wedding with, like, six or seven different events? We don't have the answers to any of these questions. So we can't tell you precisely what to do. However. Yes. Some, Some general tips. Go ahead. One, I would not recommend just packing up and moving to a new city. That does not work over the age of 25 with less than probably $50,000 in the bank. Correct. The way the job market works, it can take some time to find a gig. And like, you don't want to play fast and loose with your life like that. No. (laughs) Fast and loose with your life. You make it sound like Russian roulette. But it kind of is. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never know what sequence of events will happen to you. And you always want to be, you know, always want to be planning for like a rainy day or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that like you can't pursue a life in Chicago. I just think, you know, as Brittany kind of alluded to, you might want to think about your timeline and maybe plan that out a little bit. In addition to that, while I wouldn't recommend just up and moving there to find a job, I would 
recommend going there for like you know uh, at least a few weeks. Yep. And and like maybe staying with a friend or mm-hmm. something like that, and and searching for a job that way. That can be very helpful. Yeah. Also, just like putting. If you have a friend who you can use their address and putting that on your oh resume. Oh, my gosh. It helps so much. It, I cannot describe to you. But like, okay, so speaking as somebody who did move to a city with no job, I've done that more than once, but which is why I'm telling you not to do it. Um, it was something that did help me get like an internship, at least when I was moving to New York a few years ago, five years ago, I guess, was to use somebody else's address. I used my sister's address on my resume, and it was like overnight, it, I got so many more responses. Yeah. So yeah, using a friend's address, even if you can't go for a few weeks, I would say like, take a couple of different weekends and like tell your job that you have a vacation to go on Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, taking a family trip or whatever, visiting your parents, who knows, and take a Thursday and a Friday and just like reach out to as many people as possible in Chicago in your industry. Ask them to lunch, coffee, if you could come by the office or whatever. Line up some informational interviews so that maybe, you know, you go on one trip to Chicago and maybe or maybe you have an interview in Chicago that you're traveling for and then just like visit a whole bunch of other people at once like i don't i'm not looking for a job now but anytime i i have like uh work travel to another city i typically will try to see people who are colleagues mm-hmm. just to like keep the relationship yeah. warm who knows if eventually maybe they want to come work you know where i work or I don't know, 10 years down the line, if I'm not working at Giblet anymore, then maybe we'll collaborate on something. But it's just good to get in the habit of doing that if you're like looking for a job or if you're just a person who wants to stay hot. Yeah. Stay in the mix. Stay in the mix. But don't pick up and move. I don't know. We don't have a whole bunch of background information on you. Do not pick up and move if you don't have no job. In general, one of my one of my like most consistent mottos is don't blow your life up. Mm -hmm. And that seems like something that feels like maybe in this particular case might be blowing your life up. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing there. I mean, sometimes it does work out where you like, you know what I'm saying? Let's say like, I don't know. It worked out for me when I moved here, but also like, I mean, I had like $800 in my pocket or something like that, but I also was a hundred percent comfortable with, okay, it doesn't work out. I can move back home with my parents. That was like the safety net that I had. Sometimes people, for some people, a safety net is I've saved up X amount of dollars or I can go like, you know, if all else fails, I know how to wait tables or I know how to fold clothes or, you know, I only have to look out for just me or I can live with my aunt and uncle who live in the, you know, the area. It sucks because having a safety net is kind of like a very privileged concept. But unless you have created some sort of cushion for yourself whether that be in the form of money or crashing with a friend or relatives yeah then i wouldn't recommend it especially not if you are in a position to be considering the finances of a partner yeah good luck jabril man and congratulations on your impending nuptials i'm really excited for you guys i hope you guys have a healthy wonderful beautiful marriage yeah and you you'll you'll get to chicago one day you will get to chicago one day we believe in you you go glenn coco um so let's do one more question before we throw to break yes so our next question is from raymond w he says hi Brittany and eric thank you both for the podcast and the opportunity to ask you all anything his question is what books do you recommend that your listeners read it can be any genre or topic so i'm gonna go a bit left with this one okay and the books, honestly, the books that I would recommend people read, I'm, I'm like, I'm excited. Right now, I'm reading a bunch of books that are really, really great. And I'm excited about them. But I have been, there are a couple books that have been popping up in conversation with people mm-hmm. that I'm now like really excited to go back and read because I read them in high school and like I love them in high school, but I'm curious as to how they hold up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, watching a movie you really loved as a kid and you go back and watch it, you're like, hmm. Um, like wonder- All Dogs Go to Heaven? Yeah. Oh my God. What a fucked up movie. Really depressing yeah. in hindsight. I watched it like every day when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. So I, I would recommend these books just because I'm curious as to what other people would think of them now. Mm-hmm. And I'm also curious as to whether we're all just proclaiming our love for these books in hindsight. Okay. Um, so the first book that I would recommend is The Coldest Winter Ever by Sister. You took Sultra. one of mine. Really? <laughs> Are you yes, serious? I love that book. It's yes. so good. Well, I, I really enjoyed it when I was a kid. Like, I love that book. I think I read it in like two days. And it's not a short book. No, it's not a short book. The book is thick. It's it's real thick. But it's but, like, oh, the way she writes it, it just goes by like. It's gripping. 
Uh, it is about this uh, a young woman yeah. uh, from New York named Winter Santiago, mm-hmm. and just she's the daughter of a hustler, mm-hmm. and she gets caught up in the life and you know trying to be you know a hot girl and trying to manage you know certain things in her family and her relationships as her family life is kind of falling apart and it's just a really it's i think it's a i always thought it was uh okay so winter grew up differently than i grew up but i felt like there were so many ways in which like Sister Soldier really got into the mind of a teenage girl yeah. and i just thought it was so good when i was growing up I agree. I agree. But I'm curious to come back to it because, like, I mean, there's a, st- a lot of stuff that I remember that is, like, somewhat laughable. Like, in it, not laughable in the sense, like, well, laughable. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, it's kind of, it's fairly ridiculous in plot. Like, it's it, in an like amazing way. Like the scene with the guy who is supposed to be the rapper. Yeah. Like, there's so much. I love that. Like, I felt like I was always just, like, I'm, like, ugh, I'm just, like, a sliver away. <laughs> I'm a sliver away from having sex with a rapper. Little did I know as a teenager, I was years away from having sex with anybody, <laughs> let alone a rapper, which still hasn't happened. But yeah, it's like, it's like really fun. So anyway, I'm curious to go back to it. You should read it. You know, if hopefully, well, well, not hopefully. It, this might be for the first time or it might be a second time. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what you think as well. So one more book along the same line. Mm-hmm. True to the Game <laughs> by Terry Woods. This is also in your kind of urban literature uh, category. Okay. And it is, it's kind of along the same lines. It tells a bit of a like uh, love drug story. And, you know, there's a lot of like action and crime. You have like gangs, gang violence, and there's a kind of a love story woven within it. Very similar plot. But true to the game, I remember I actually got before mm-hmm. the coldest winter ever. And it was going around our like high school or whatever. Yeah, People yeah. are passing it around. And somebody gave it to me and I was just like, damn, I really have never read anything like this before. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading like The Alchemist and like, you know, other shit like that. <laughs> You're so corny. And like, but I was. And like, so like to get this and like Where the Red Fern Grows and oh, stuff. Oh, wow. Like that. I've never even read that book. I haven't but, read either of those books. Yeah, I mean, you know. Who, who would have thought I could have amounted to this much of a success without having read The Alchemist? Because Twitter would tell you otherwise. <laughs> it's very true. But uh, but yeah, so I read True to the Game and I was like, damn, I'm missing out. Like, there's a whole, <laughs> there are a whole bunch of books out here that I just really need to have my head in. So, uh, and it's actually part, it's like one of a of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the other two books are. Oh, True to the Game two, and okay. True to the Game three. Okay, well there you go. There's yeah. the titles. But uh, but they're they're honestly it's, it's like pretty it's pretty great. Like it's you know it's an easy read. Uh, it's this was actually a lot shorter. You could probably consume it again like in a day or two. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's just fun, man. It's just real fucking fun. And I want to go back and see if I like really like if I if I still really like it. It reminds me in hindsight of like it's like watching Power. You know, oh, which yeah, who doesn't yeah, yeah. who doesn't love power? Who among us? Well, those of us without Showtime. True. Oh, stars. <laughs> but uh, it stars. It stars. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like, you know, power, power is great. If you, if the way your cable works, yes, you have that channel. Yes. It's a fun show to watch. Um, and this is like reading that. So yeah, those are That's my books. a really good sell. That's a good sell. Thanks. One of the types of books I like to consume most in my spare time is actually cookbooks. Mm. So, um, I have a recommendation for two different cookbooks by black women. Uh, one name you'll definitely recognize, one name you might. So, um, my first recommendation is for Kalisa's cookbook, My Life on a Plate, Recipes from Around the World. Wow. It is so, so, so good. I made the arroz con, uh, con gandules from that book, which is like rice and pigeon peas. It's like a Puerto Rican dish. Kalis is, her father's black. Her mother is Puerto Rican and Chinese. So like, I cannot tell you the level of flavor that is in these recipes. Yeah, it sounds dope. It's so good. And also, too, like, um, there are a lot of really, like, really good, like, cook's notes and really good anecdotes in there that just explain why she likes to make certain foods. And it's just like, I mean, to me, one of the best ways to get to know another person or one of the best ways to um, introduce somebody else to your culture mm-hmm. is through food. Yeah. And, um, I mean, introduce somebody else to your culture, should you want to, <laughs> is through food. And so just, like, getting to know, like, I feel like I know so much more about her as a person and as a performer. And also just, like, as a as a as an American black woman, because she's also, like, I mean, being black, Chinese, and Puerto Rican, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Like, that is, like, that's a truly American mix. And she's from Harlem. Like, just the things that, like, between her upbringing and also, like, all of her travels really informing her palate. Like, the level of flavor in the book is just, like, off the chain. So definitely pick that up, Khalees, My Life on a Plate. And the other book, Mm -hmm. I'm crazy about this woman. And we need to talk to her at some point because I'm obsessed with her. Her name is... Nicole Taylor, and she wrote the Up South cookbook, mm. Chasing Dixie in a Brooklyn Kitchen. It is so good. This black woman knows what the hell she is talking about. She just understands black American cuisine on such a deep level. And she's such a talented recipe writer. She finds ways to to create really good recipes that stand up well, like that are classics, but also these beautiful interpretations of other dishes that can include Japanese like influences or Italian influences. Um, and she also is somebody who's like, how I put it, like you have all these Southern chefs that are like, oh, this is how you make... You know, this is how you make this type of ingredient. This is how you make jambalaya, mm-hmm. you know, and they just, you talk about all these ingredients, like you can just find them. Like you just live right on the fucking yeah. bayou and you can just walk out and just get some tassel ham and it's fine. And you just get some boudin and that's your life. But um, she's writing from the perspective of somebody who's from the South, who finds themselves in the North, having to figure mm-hmm. out a way to like create the same recipes in her tiny ass Brooklyn kitchen with the same markets that I have access to. And it's just like, ugh, like you can just you can just tell that like all of her work is just like a beautiful labor of love. She also is like easily found on the Internet, uh, Nicole A. Taylor, but also like she has a podcast called Hot Grease. Um, I'm not sure if it's still running. Name. I know. Is that a good name? <laughs> yeah. For a black a black woman hosting right? a food podcast, hot grease. Um, and she has an amazing Instagram. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at, at food culturist. And I just like, I mean, maybe one day I'll meet her. One time actually, this is so creepy. One time I was at this ice cream place that I love. And I like, you know, on like the thing is you get so used to seeing the same people on Instagram mm-hmm. that you just assume you know them from somewhere, like, oh, okay. Like I maybe she lives in my neighborhood or something like that. And so she like walked in. I didn't recognize her first. I was like, Oh, this must be the woman that I see around the corner for me when I'm waiting for the bus. Mm-hmm. And I realized it was her. I was like eating ice cream. But she was like with some people, they looked like they were really doing some deep shit. Like yeah. they looked like they were talking about maybe plotting a new cookbook. I don't know. But she seemed to be on a next level tip. So I wasn't gonna go over there and be like, Hi, I'm obsessed with you. I've been stalking you for the past year and a half on the internet. <laughs> And I just believe in everything that you have to say. But yes, Nicole Taylor, Up South cookbook. She knows her shit. She knows what she's talking about. And she's just on the next level. She's taking us into the future. She's the new school Edna Lewis. Know about her. Check her out. Ask about her. Well, now that you've received that information. Yes. Raymond. uh, Raymond W. Raymond W. (laughs) Go forth and conquer. Yes. Get brave in the kitchen. And while you do that, we're going to take a little break. We're going to take a little break. So we'll see when we get back. Yeah. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Not everything in life is flexible. But at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. 
And we're back. We are back. We are answering your question. Yes. That you've sent in. Yes. So we're just going to jump right back into that. Right back into it. So our next question is from Susan L. And she has a question for Brittany. Ooh. She says, has Brittany gone to D.C. slash Howard with her boyfriend yet? So I'm glad that you asked that question. <laughs> okay, so I have it. Um, so I guess like some background on my boyfriend, not that I'm going to tell y'all his name or anything like that, but he is from Puerto Rico and he lived in Puerto Rico for like the first 29, 30 years of his life. And then he moved up here for graduate school. And, you know, sometime after he finished, he and I met and here we are. And so like when we, we went to Puerto Rico for the first time a year ago and we were there for like seven or eight days and it was great because I got to see this place where he grew up and he was like, oh, this is where I went to preschool. I was the valedictorian in my preschool class. And he was like, oh, this was my favorite place to drink when I was in college. This is where me and my friends used to go do hood rest stuff, <laughs> get in trouble and stuff like that. And so it was cool because I felt like I got to like really see this place like, like that shaped him as a person. And so he's been back to Michigan with me and met my family and all this sort of stuff. But I feel like, like by not having been to D.C. yet, which he hasn't been to DC yet, but by now, like I feel like he will not know me in full as a person until I take him to Washington DC. So the last time I was actually in DC, I got up at the crack of dawn and I um, got us tickets to the Black Smithsonian. So he and I are taking a trip this summer. This is so extra. This is basically like an anniversary trip to DC so that he can go to the Black Smithsonian <laughs> and to walk the campus of Howard and to learn more about me as a person as I show him the streets of DC. Yeah. I could show him the corner where I was walking down the street drinking out of a red solo cup and I got asked <laughs> if I wanted to be Miss Hood Fab. For hey, those of you who don't remember MTV fab. Jams, for those of you who don't remember MTV Jams, you don't know Damn. shit about Hood Fab. And the pack of socks. And the pack of <laughs> socks. So for those of you guys who don't know, Hood Fab uh, was this little, like, I guess, like, commercial length, like, game show that yeah. they had on MTV Jams. And it had a little song. I want to say that was by David Banner. Something like that. It was yeah. like, got a question in the hood. Let me tell you who I'm asked. Let me question uh, hood, who I'm asked. Hood Fab. H-O-O-D-F-A-B. <laughs> so they play the song. And then they, basically, like, a camera crew would just descend upon people yeah. in the street. It, it was very, like, pre-Billy on the street. Yes. It was like, pre-Billy on the street. Yeah. I actually haven't seen Billy on the street. I but know who I know who it is though. The gist is like yeah. it's like very much like this was the the precursor. Yes. Something. So they would just like approach people on the street and ask them questions. Sometimes it'd be in the middle of the day. Yeah. Sometimes though it would be kind of like around the club let out time. Mm-hmm. And I got caught one day heading to the club, probably around let out time, holding a red solo cup, walking down U Street and 14th Street in DC. And they like asked me, I was obviously drunk, and I was like maybe 21, yeah. 20. And they were like uh, hey, excuse me, miss. I mind you. Okay, so I actually I gotta use some background. The only channel I ever watched was <laughs> MTV Jams. That was the only channel I fucking watched the entire time I was in college. That was it. They played the best videos. It was the shit. They really did play. And best. so I had seen every episode of Hood Fab, and I was like, oh my god. I used to tell my sister who I lived with at the time. I was like, oh my god. I would just give anything, anything to be featured on Hood Fab. And then one day I was walking down the street. And they stopped me, probably because I looked like a drunk, young, <laughs> stupid woman holding a red solo cup. They're like, excuse me, miss. Excuse me, miss. Would you like to be featured on Hood Fab? And like, it was like time fucking stopped. It was like time was on pause. It was on pause where I was just like, this is like everything I've ever wanted at the edge of my fingertips. But if I say yes, it will live on forever and I may not ever be able to get a job because I was a drunk woman on Hood Fab. So I said no. Mm-hmm. Jesus, probably was a smart move. Jesus took the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so I said no and I turned down my chance. But I mean, like me in that corner are forever going to have a relationship because of that moment and many other moments that are probably pretty similar. But like I just want to drive him around, you know, take him around D.C. and show him all that stuff. So um, I haven't been with him yet, but we are going soon and we're really excited. And, you know... I'm hoping that when I take him to the Hood Fab Corner, mm-hmm. the where I turned down a, a, an opportunity to become Miss Hood Fab, I'm hoping that he will feel the same deep understanding of me as a person that I feel. You so. should you should buy him a pack of socks and give it to <laughs> oh him. Oh my god, that was always the price on <laughs> Hood Fab. It was just like a pack of white like white yeah. crew like crew length yeah. socks. It was I pretty think amazing. you got the socks whether or not you, you answered won. any of the questions <laughs> correctly. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like a box of socks just fell off the truck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, the other thing is, this, this is something you have to understand. I don't know why my father does this, but once a year, my father gives me actually a pack of socks. <laughs> I don't wear white socks. I don't really, I don't, my feet are not men's size. Yeah. But my dad was just, and once a year gave me and my sister just a pack of like, just a nine pack of men's socks. Maybe he too was a, a fan of hook <laughs> You never know. I mean, maybe he was like, maybe his third eye was open. He was ahead of the curve. I don't know. I don't know. But yes. So to answer your question, Susan L, um, we are going. I'm looking forward to it. And I guess after we go, I'll let you guys know I how go. it went. Yeah. yeah, you got to report back. I'll report back. So Susan L's next question is, Eric does not. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> Eric does not say much about his wife. I only remember hearing that she is maybe from the Caribbean and cooks something, something. I love that. that I, <laughs> my added emphasis. Uh, really well. Anything else apart from being the mother of Peanut? So, great question. Yes. I'll start there. <laughs> Must disagree. I feel like I talk about Carla very often. You talk about, first of all, I don't, I refuse to talk about, I refuse to really give too much information about my boyfriend. I have never used his name. People don't know where he lives or what he does. You have mentioned Carla's name. You talked about breastfeeding. Yes. You, There's you, literal audio of like, of like me describing like, you know, like early breastfeeding attempts. Yes. With Peanut in yes. the episode, which obviously involves my wife. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You mentioned, um, oh, when we had Britt Bennett on to talk about the mothers, you mm. mentioned that um, we got that your wife was the plug and yeah. helping us get Britt Bennett on the show because she works in book publicity. She's super dope. Yeah. We've so, talked about her writing before. We talked about her writing. So I, just for the record, I'm yes. not shading you. Yes. It's a fair question. Yeah. You know, no one expects you to have listened to every episode. No, no one in my family has listened to every episode. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I have talked about her. But if you want to know some other stuff, uh, one, my wife is popping. Yeah, um, she true. is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, she is. She is from. Well, she personally is not from the Caribbean, but her family is Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Jamaican and also Guyanese. Yes, and also Guyanese. My bad. Gotta gotta always mm. rep. You, um, you saved me from. Some I did. Right I really did. But uh, and she does cook really well. Like um, a lot of it is just recipes that are passed down from like her mom um, or just her family. But she makes some bomb jerk. She makes some bomb jerk chicken. I've never had it, Carla. You ain't never gave me no jerk chicken. That's for me. That's that's Keep only talking. for me. It's such a cool dinner for a bay. Um, talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she, she, I mean she's pretty great. I don't know. We hang out a lot. She's my best friend. Mm-hmm. Some could say your only friend. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, she allows me to be as as weird as I am yeah. and as uh, you know corny yeah. as I like to be. Yeah, and she she you know generally tolerates me. She's an awesome writer. Um, if you would like to check out her writing, you yes. can go to her website at carlawaslike.com. But yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, it's pretty much it. It's not. This is a fairly like. I, I mean, I can, I've given you some information. I don't know like what you would like to know about her. Mm-hmm. Um, She's tall. She is tall. She's very pretty. She has awesome locks. Mm-hmm. She loves the color purple. I didn't know that. That's her favorite color. Oh, I had no clue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are some general facts. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. She's great. Yeah, she's Shouts cool. out to Carla. And she's like active on the internet. You can find Carla. Yeah. Like you I would actually suggest following Carla on Twitter at Carla was like. Yeah. She's yeah. got popping Twitter. Her Twitter's much better than Eric's Twitter. It's true. It is true. In general, her social presence is a lot more fire than yeah. mine is. Yeah, 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 I like yeah. have like pulled back a little bit where she's leaned in. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's it. Good question. Susan L. Okay, I want to read the next question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next question is from A. And I'm not trying to put A's business out there because A wasn't trying to put their business out there. So I'm not going to use their name. I'm just going to use first initial A. So A sent us a very nice note, said that she loves everything about the podcast. She said she almost fell out of her office chair when she got the call from us to submit a question and she figured that she needed to act fast. Mm -hmm. So she's like, excuse lack of eloquence, excuse my French. So let's get into it. So A said, I was raised to keep my dirty laundry in the room, so I will not bore you with all the details of my current life scenario. I am in a great and loving relationship that, as great as it is, faces a recurring challenge. I, of course, consult myself first and my loved ones, but I love hearing others' varying perspectives on relationships. 
Both of you seem very happy and settled in positive, healthy relationships. So congratulations. No sarcasm. And shout out. Hashtag black love. Shout out. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. I want to know what have been the most significant challenges you have faced in joining your life with another person and your committed relationships. Ooh, in parentheses, now or past. This yeah. is about to get deep. What have been the sticking points where you have had to dig in and put in some elbow grease into the relationship? And what has felt different about those moments in your current committed relationships as compared to past ones that you decided to let go? So basically being like, what were some tough points and why have we stuck around now? Mm -hmm. And what, like, why did we leave before? Woo. I know. That's good. That's, That's a good deep. question. Thank you, A. You got to the you got to the heart of the matter. <laughs> you, she, uh, she asked what she wanted to know. Yeah. So who do, do you want to go first or should I go you first? You should go first. Okay. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, yeah. you have heard that I've been on a journey in my life. Yes. Um <laughs> like a big one. Especially in regards to romantic relationships. <laughs> I do think that I have probably come a long way. Yeah, I would uh, say that. I would agree with that. Yeah, for my sure. friends can definitely attest. I would say in general, I am not I am not a person who is big on compromise. No, you hate it. I like things. That's the true C word for you. <laughs> I like things to be a very specific way. And I am resistant to things not being that way. Mm -hmm. And in past relationships, that has meant like a lot of things have had to been on like my terms. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, at the time, I thought that was very reasonable. Very reasonable. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in hindsight, I realized it's maybe not so reasonable. There was a lot of tension and maybe arguments that was because I thought the relationship needed to revolve around me mm. versus around like the partnership. Mm. Um, and those those relationships did not did not work out. Now, that said, I am with an awesome, awesome woman mm -hmm. who, like from the get go, has been very vocal with me that like compromise is going to have to be a, a pretty big necessity in the mm -hmm. relationship specifically and I, you know if just put put a little bit of the business out in the street because of the way i would say that we both argue i am someone who in, in general is not opposed to conflict mm -hmm. i have my position i'm willing to defend it to the death <laughs> i know i'm aware i you have left me exasperated breathless and upset many a time uh, and you know that's something I, you know, guys working on all of us. <laughs> that's something I'm working on constantly. I'm not there yet, but I'm still working on it. But my wife Carla is not. She is not big on conflict. You know, she's obviously willing to stand up for herself, but arguing until we're both tired leaves her more drained than mm -hmm. it does me. And I had to realize, like, while I find it, you know, somewhat exciting energizing and, and energizing to do that that that's not the that's not the healthy thing for my partner and it ultimately is not going to result in you know something that gets me closer to what i actually want in that argument mm. um so in that in those moments you know i have to i often have to compromise i might say like this is how i feel this is what i'm looking for and i kind of have to leave it at that a little bit to allow her to process what i'm saying to her mm -hmm. how she feels about it and then, you know, we come back usually at a later point, um, and which is which is great for for the record because it helps kind of remove a lot of the yeah. the tension and, yeah. and escalation from the conversation. But she comes back to me. She's like, she's like, I heard what you said. You know, this is how I feel. This is maybe what I would, you know, how I would approach this. And usually by that point, I've calmed down a little bit and I mm -hmm. have a, a tiny bit more clarity about like whether I actually wanted that thing. And, you know, what I'm willing to go through to get that mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's actually worth it. And that has been honestly, that has been something that I know has probably been extremely helpful <laughs> in making sure that uh, my partner is still with me. So, yeah, that's a big like that. For me, that is a big thing, like understanding like what compromise actually means. It doesn't just mean like we find the happy medium in every situation. Sometimes that means reevaluating how you have conversations and approach like conflict um, to make sure that, that you're, you're approaching conflict, which is going to happen regardless in a way that's healthy for both people. That's all I got. That's so helpful. You've actually given me a bit of that advice before. Yeah. A big thing for me is that I, I would say 
only a few times in my life have I actually dated some, maybe only twice have I actually dated someone who I actually got along with and had things in common with. Mm-hmm. Compatibility is not the most important thing, but actually like enjoying doing the same shit does mm-hmm. actually account for a lot. And I would say that my boyfriend and I just both spend a spare Sunday afternoon the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that allows us to have a lot more fun. It's way yeah. more fun. Like just speaking from experience, if you're dating somebody who likes to eat barbecue wings and watch New York Undercover, reruns of New York Undercover on a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and you don't like that, say, like let's say maybe you want to go to the movies or to a museum or whatever, then like if – and though both of those things are valid, but if you are – then you need to prepare yourself to compromise. Both of you need to prepare yourself to compromise. Now, if you're dating somebody who likes to do those things and also don't like to compromise – well, then you you put yourself in kind of a pickle. Yeah. And I just, like, my boyfriend now is a pretty flexible person, and we both are open to doing things that the other person enjoys. But we also have a whole fuck ton of shit that we actually just like to do. And, like, most of a relationship, in my experience, is just passing the time mm. together. So, like, if you don't want to pass the time together doing similar activities, then, like, you're just – and, you know, and you can you can be flexible, but, you know, some people are just – a lot of – hate to say a lot of straight men are just not socialized to be flexible. Mm. Actually, yeah. what you just said kind of spoke to that. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, then you're going to have kind of a, a tough time. Um, so a big thing is, like, I just started, like, being honest with myself about what kind of person I actually was and, like, what I enjoyed doing. And like what the things I like to talk about and the things that I found interesting, I used to not really broadcast that stuff because I felt like it would just be easier for me to like be a little bit more, I don't know, just like it'd be easier for me to just try to think about what other people might like and then kind of just like go along with that because I'm down to try new stuff. So like if someone's like, oh, like I I had a boyfriend who was very into wrestling, Mm -hmm. pro wrestling. And so I was just like, okay, it's not really my thing, but like. I got into it. I would watch it sometimes. I went to like a wrestling live show because I was like, this is a person that I love, this person that I care about. I'm going to, if they like this, I'll give it a shot. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, th- at the time that, that this person and I were in a relationship, he was not exactly reciprocal of wanting to do things, of wanting to try stuff that I enjoyed. I imagine that as some time has passed, he's probably not the same way now. Hindsight 2020. Hindsight, hindsight being 2020. Um, but it was really difficult to be in a relationship with somebody who never wanted to do any of the shit that I wanted to do. So, like, yeah, I just started being honest with myself about what I liked. And then when, like, I would go on dates with people and they would be like, what are you into? Or, like, where do you want to go? What kind of movies do you want to watch? Or, like, what are you reading? Like, I was just honest about that shit. And it honestly it just paid off. Like, I just, I mean, I also was very lucky and I have a very good therapist, but I met somebody who, like, we just, we have, a, we have fun together. And share those things. Yeah, we share those things. And it, like, adds another level to our relationship that wasn't really there before. In addition... In addition, I would say for me, I um, had a lot of problems with, in general still, trusting Mm -hmm. a partner for various, various reasons. Many textbook reasons. Like, just me being a straight black woman, just like, so many textbook reasons why I just did not trust motherfuckers. And, like, for probably, I'm sure you remember some some Hall of Famers. Yeah. For good Good reason. reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You were through it a little bit. Yeah. So um, I wasn't like when I first met my current boyfriend, I just didn't really think he was for real. I was just like, okay, he must be dating me and like 27,000 other people. Never mind. Like, we first met, we pretty much just like clicked immediately and we just started like hanging out all the time immediately. And w- neither one of us really would have had time to be dating anybody else. And I, I just didn't have any desire to and neither did he and he expressed that. But like, I would say maybe until we had been dating for a few months was I really like, okay, I I can sort of like relax. And even after then, it was still a process of like, you know, having to uh, really just encourage myself to have faith in another person Mm -hmm. and also to be honest with my partner about where I was coming from, experiences that I had, how I was feeling, Mm -hmm. um, and just having to like, just keeping those lines of communication open, like, there we were able to like a sign for me that we make a very good match was just like you know we would have conversations and i would share information about myself or he would share information about himself and and, you know information about past partners people that we had dated and stuff like that and it wasn't really a major issue it was just like we were sharing in service of like helping the other person get to know us and experiences that we had had that like shaped the way that we view relationships and ourselves and also like there were points 
certain points that would have caused an argument mm. in a in a previous relationship or would have been a major sticking point and just a big fucking issue where like both of us really opted to like just talk to each other. Yeah. Um, it's not like we're walking around conflict free, like never fighting or anything like that. But if, you know, we've been together for almost two years and I could probably, I can count on one hand the amount of like real arguments that we've had. Mm. And I may, and I, I would say maybe it's three or fewer. Mm-hmm. And I can only really remember what, like, one of them was about. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I feel pretty lucky in that sense. It's not like we never argue or anything like that. But it's just, like, through communication and just, like, really trusting, like, me being able – the fact that I'm able to trust, like, him as a human being and know that he's just not coming from – he's coming from a place of, like, I think you're an awesome person. I want to do whatever I can to love and support you. Um, that goes a long way. But it also took a lot of work for me to be, like – to get to the point where I was like open to that and receptive to that. But I mean, you know, like some of that is maturity. Some of that is therapy. Some of that is also just like right person, right place, right time. And he's a really cool person. He's really, he's a cool, I mean, you know him. He's yeah, a cool guy. He's dope. Yeah. He's just like, he's just a cool ass person. And he's like really understanding and he's like a good family member. He's a good friend. He's a good son. He's just a really solid, solid, solid person. So he was like, and he was like really in his mind, I think, I think that like our relationship and like what we were able to, you know, what we have together and also like my attempts to like, you know, meet him halfway Mm -hmm. made, you know, made it possible for him to meet me halfway. So, I mean, trust and communication, man, the shit goes hand in hand. Trusting enough to communicate those yeah. tough things and how yeah. you feel is like a, is a, is a really big deal. It's, yeah. It's a great point. I also would say just like one last thing. I don't know what the recurring problem is in your relationship. It could be any number of things. Yeah. I feel like people always focus on infidelity or, or betrayal or even in focusing on betrayal, only focus on infidelity. There mm-hmm. are a million and one ways that you can betray your partner. But I would say that like, Hmm. I dated this guy a few years ago where we just couldn't get to a certain level of intimacy in our relationship on on many different in many different arenas. We couldn't get to a certain level of intimacy. And at the time, I kept thinking there's something wrong with me. I'm doing something wrong. It's my fault. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I was talking to everybody about this. I was asking everybody about this. I was losing my mind over it. And really, in hindsight, it was just that, like, you know, no shade to this person. No shade to this person, but they like they at that point in time, I shouldn't have trusted that person. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was just like I in hindsight, I had every reason not to trust them. Yeah, your um, third eye. Yes, my you. third eye was telling me like <laughs> uh, I don't know about this person. Now you know, as it turned out, it was just a whole other situation that didn't have anything to do with me. But it would not have been a good time for me to enter a relationship with that person um, that would have been built on transparency and trust. Blessings and peace to them. But it taught me something really important about my intuition. If you feel like you're running into the same wall with somebody over and over and over again, just listen to yourself because you may be picking up on some shit that, that you, don't even know. you don't even know. Yeah. So great question. Great question. A also, I just want to say in general, Eric and I are always down to answer relationship questions. Yeah. We typically we, we typically don't bring it up as like a topic that we both surface. Yeah. But we don't mind going there. No, we don't <laughs> mind going there. And we did, really don't mind telling you what the fuck you should do. Yeah, exactly. Um, We have one last question. Yeah. Oh, well, this is all like one big question. Yes. Yes. Um, So this is from Crystal T in Atlanta. She says, as a listener, I want to know about the journalism, social commentary you do now in podcasting. When you were in college at Howard, what did you think you would be doing professionally post-graduation? Have your dreams changed? Are you where you want to be? Are you getting closer to your dreams or further away? That's deep. Woo! That's deep. Man, it hit me in my core. Yes. So let's break this down piece by piece. Okay. When you were in college at Howard, what did you think you'd be doing professionally post-graduation? Oh, I love this answer. What did you think you'd be doing, Eric? I thought I was going to be a talent agent. Yes. And I was I was really vocal about that. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was real big on uh, entourage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Talk about coming back to things and them not being what you remember. <laughs> that is a show that sadly is not held up that well. No. But um, but yeah, I really wanted to be a talent agent. I was really interested. I, I still love movies and you know and TV. Uh huh. And so yeah, I wanted to help actors and writers and directors get film and TV roles. My dreams have changed. <laughs> uh, I quickly realized that like you have to be a certain type of person to be an agent, mm-hmm. or at least in my experience, like the people who I talked to and the kind of the people who I worked under, you have to be a certain level of cutthroat that mm-hmm. I just frankly don't have. Mm. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm pretty happy with that, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Like becoming that person who I would need to be to do that job wasn't very exciting to me. So I kind of quickly changed and I went to advertising and now I work in podcasting. In terms of are you where you want to be, Yes. Which is weird. Oh. I don't think I've answered that question in this way before. Yeah. I am. I actually, I actually, d- don't quote me on this because I'll probably disagree with you in the moment and complain. <laughs> but I'm happy. I actually am, am pretty happy. I would like to have a better work-life balance. Uh-huh. I, and that's something that is like, you know, partially my fault, partially not. But I'm working towards it. Uh-huh. Um, and partially just uh, in a way, just because I'm getting better at my craft. Yeah. You know, and I know my how craft. to craft. Hey, oh, hey, you know, but yeah, like other than that, though, like in terms of my dreams and my um, career, I actually am pretty happy. I think, you know, even just with this show, I think we've done a great job at like being consistent mm-hmm. and in most cases, keeping it simple. Yeah. And that's like helped have a base that has allowed me to be more ambitious in other areas um, because I know I have like a little bit of balance to it, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, which has been great. So I think my dreams are actually closer than they have ever been. Like Mm -hmm. what I want to do and what I want to achieve is, is, is like more in reach than I could honestly have imagined at this particular point. Um, At least like maybe a few years ago. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm just trying to like, stay low and build you know (laughs) like i'm just trying to keep myself on the track stay in my lane make sure i get better at what i'm doing you know don't burn any bridges don't mess up my juju Mm -hmm. uh and and keep going from there which is honestly it's 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 a it's a weird feeling because i'm someone who always like thrives on like i gotta beat you know like i gotta i gotta make it to this level because i'm so far behind yeah but it's it's nice in a sense that like I can actually just focus on like what I need to do now mm-hmm. and and enjoy it. That's very nice. Thanks. When I was at Howard, I don't even know. Uh, well, okay. So in my if you go to my high school yearbook, they ask you like, oh, where where are you going to be in ten years? I said that I was going to be a writer for Esquire, and that I was going to be engaged so, to a South American soccer player. <laughs> That's what I said. That was popping. I mean, soccer was hot in 2005. Soccer was popping. And so I didn't do either one of those things. But I like to me, me as an adult, like, okay, I think about what my life is like now and the fact that like I do make media, Mm -hmm. you know, as myself. Like I don't like like people can hear me. It's like my voice directly talking to people. And there's writing involved in that. There's writing involved in that. And I did not find a South American soccer player. I did find a very nice Puerto Rican man. Yes, you did. He's very nice. So, yes. If I was, I think about this sometimes and I'm like, my 17 year old self would not be surprised at all by what my life is like now. But I, having experienced all the years in between, <laughs> am shocked by many a thing. But yeah, when I was at Howard, depends on the year. I think when I, I, I majored in film, I wanted to be a film producer i didn't really like the directing part that much but i like the idea of like taking somebody's idea and like finding all of the money and like getting everybody together and like just bossing people around i really really enjoyed that part but then by the time like i think that film is one of those things or any sort of like endeavor like that is like you know that's like i guess artistic in some way that's like rigorous mm. um by the time you're done with school you either you either fucking hate it and you never want to do it again or you fucking hate it and you're like, all right, give me more. And I was not in the give me more category. I'm actually surprised because by the time I finished college, I just was so turned off by production that it's bizarre to me that I work in audio and like edit audio and like 
work in production in a different sense. I always hoped that I would work in media, mm-hmm. but I didn't like stick by that. Like I didn't do anything to put myself as like into the media world. Yeah. It's not since 23 or 24. So to me, this feels very like on one hand, it's like, this is really fucking random. But on the other hand, I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I kind of see how this like turned out the way that it did. I don't know if my dreams have changed so much as like for me, the main thing that I want is like, Okay, this is so corny, but like I I've always wanted to have just like enough money to like live comfortably and to like, you know, purchase a home and you know, be able to take care of my family. I've always wanted to have a family and have kids and get married. And like I've wanted to have like a healthy like even if I didn't do a job that was like something that I'm really passionate about and that I love, which is what I have now. I was just like let me find a job where like I res- I respect the people that I work with and like I do something that contributes to society and I have some hobbies that I fuck with. And that was really, that was really it. I feel like that's even a, like a lot for like an adult human being. So the fact that I get to like make a good living doing something that I really, really enjoy with a bunch of people that are really smart, um, who I feel care about me as a person, like, I, this is like beyond what I would have anticipated. I'm totally where I want to be in a lot of areas in my life. But I don't feel that my, I don't even know, like, my dreams as far as the future, like, there's, like, a track, I guess. Like, I have no clue. Do you it's know hard to I, forecast. Yeah, because everything was just such a, like, uh, this is such a pleasant surprise. But, like, when I think about the future, I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff that'd be nice to do, but, like, I have no clue. My My thoughts are, like, let me just. Let me just focus on what they're paying me to do right now (laughs) and just see how that turns out. Like I got another show coming out. Let me just try and think about that and see how that goes. And then if you ask me maybe in two years, I might be able to provide you an answer. But like, yeah, man, I just want to like my whole my whole my dreams are like make a decent living, do something that I can feel proud of, like have a healthy family and like some sort of financial stability. Those are my dreams. I feel like I'm getting closer. And some of that is my profession, but also some of that is just like, you know, I made certain choices to like become a more mature person and like, you know, start thinking about long-term shit. That's such a a boring adult answer. But yeah, man, I mean, this is like beyond, this is beyond what we're doing now is like beyond what I would have dreamed for myself when I was, um, when I was in college. It just, to me, it feels really out of left field. Yeah, you know, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, like I couldn't have pictured this, and if you would have told me this was what I would be doing, I would have likely laughed in your face, laughed, yeah, cackled yeah. in your face. Uh, that said, like I'm like I'm, I'm I'm much happier with it than I think would have. I mean, I wanted to be like, oh, I'm gonna be taking over. You like, wanted to be like Ari, yeah, Ari Katz was that his name? Gold. On the show? Ari Gold. Ari Katz is probably somebody I went to high school with. Ari Gold. Yeah, he wanted to be like him. He wasn't very. He wasn't a very happy man. No, he wasn't really think. nice. Yeah, wasn't nice. I think I'm. I think I'm happier. Nice. I'm, I'm grumpy. You're nicer but I'm than nice. you would have been otherwise. Yeah, it's true. That's like, the I'm best I can nice. say. You are so grumpy. <laughs> Uh, but thank you guys for sending in questions. Yes. I, uh, we apologize to the people whose questions we couldn't get to. Our listeners who are like all across the country, all around the world. Shout out, you know, everybody in the South, out West, folks in Australia. Shout out everybody. Shout out, shout out, shout out. And um, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever do this again, like quite this way. But I, I see a future wherein we could definitely give you guys advice yeah so if you have anything that you like any troubling um any troubling situations any questions ask us we chances are honestly i mean maybe minus a few things we've probably been through it already so <laughs> you would be surprised you would be surprised at what we can we actually give you some advice about um but yeah i guess we'll see you guys in a couple weeks for Colored Nerds is hosted by me, Eric Eddings. And me, Brittany Luce. It's produced by Bevel Hopte. But and all it. of us. Yes. That's it. It's not a big yeah. team. It's uh, a small so, team. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, five stars only. Yes. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on forcolorednerds.com. You can send us an email forcolorednerds at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Patreon. Give us some money. Patreon.com slash forcolorednerds. And you know what I'm saying? Just like shout us out. Tell a friend. Be dope. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, it's Friday night. We need to get the hell out of here. I'm hungry. I want to eat a taco or I'm something like that. So tired. I know. Eric is so <laughs> tired today. Um, but we will see you guys in a couple weeks with a pretty cool special guest. So yes. we'll see you then. All right. Bye. Bye. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.